Well, who didn't see that coming? Hey now, boys and girls, welcome to a Pucknologist takeover of After Dark following, uh, I, I lost count, they lost 4-1, right? So following a 4-1 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights by the San Jose Sharks, we're going to get into that and more, but yikes. Who didn't see this coming? Because we did. Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. This show, we're going to talk about the three games that were played this week and more. But first, remember to subscribe. Hit us up on that social media. If you'd like to support the content we deliver, you can donate using the Super Chat option during the live shows. Or, hey, throw us a little tip in our Venmo jar. Find us at Teal Town USA. Remember, if you're not watching us live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comment section of this video or whatever podcast app you are listening to. So, here we go. Here we go. Is that shirt about sum it up for you, Jerk? I think that's being polite, to be totally honest with you. Um, okay, I feel. Which one would you like to go with tonight? We have two options for you. We have that, or we have that. <laughs> yes, I like that one much more. And you know what, though, he got it. Yeah, Chief got it. But you know what? I feel this one's more apropos right now. So. Uh, look, we're going to uh, get into the Vegas game in just a hot second, but let's go with uh, our usual way to start the show. Uh, in the week that was Sharks hoppy, hockey, jeez, I can't even speak, uh, three games this week. The Sharks went 0-2-1 through 49 games. The Sharks are 22-22-5, good for 49 points. And with those 49 points, the Sharks are 7th in the Pacific Division, 7th in the wild card. And because everybody has just about caught up with each other, uh, it's also the same in the wild card. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, over the last 10 games, the Sharks have two wins. They are two. Nice. Yeah. Two, five, and three. Uh, and I believe they are. But AJ, but AJ. Well, if, you watched, out. if you watched the game on TV, you would know that in three of those eight losses, they picked up points. You would know. They only mentioned it a million times because, <laughs> you know, why would we consider an overtime loss a loss? Why would we do that? Uh, yeah. Isn't that what the L stands for when you see OTL? I mean, loss, loser, leave me alone. I mean, all all, all appropriate, I think. Absolutely apply. <laughs> uh, winless in their last five, 0-3-2. They are now 3-6 and six in divisional games. And how'd I do on the predictions? I did fantastic on my predictions this week. Uh, I went two for three. <sighs> right? Hold on. If look. you were really smart, you would have gone three for three. I almost did. <laughs> but uh, look, two for three. I almost pulled out the Vancouver game. Almost got that one. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but I went two for three. I thought they would beat Vancouver, but I said Edmonton and today would be a loss through 49 games. Had them at 23 and 26. They're at 22, 22, and five. Somewhat close. But I also predicted two shutouts this week, and I hit one of those. So. I'm just saying. So, look, let's talk about Vegas as uh, the the After Dark crew would do. First meeting this season. 
Uh, Eichel's third game after returning from – oh, man, did I get sick of Eichel watch. Uh, but, look, horrific D coverage, inability to finish uh, is the Sharks undoing again, uh, making another, <laughs> like, nobody in goal look like a Vezina finalist. Uh, you know, it's, it's not what you want. Reimer's eighth straight start uh, remains to be seen if we'll ever see Aiden Hill this season. Uh, I don't know. What's the saving grace that Balser's finally got power play time? And what, what's the one silver lining you can take from this? Uh, so Balser's actually had 96 seconds on the power play, which is more than he's had in three that's months. Enough to, <laughs> that's enough to make an impact. That's enough to make an impact and more, uh, more power play time than Lane Peterson tonight. So, you know, let's hope uh, the pendulum is finally swinging the other way, uh, if you will. Ugh, silver lining. I'll tell you what, and we 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 talked about this, you know, off off air. Uh, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of bitching and moaning going on in my end uh, about Matt Nieto being on the second line, and yet I feel like he was the best player on the ice tonight. So it is. What <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, the other silver lining is uh, the Sharks won Game Seven against Vegas three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Can we all rub one out for that? Yeah, you know, usually sure. you pour one out for your homies. For this, we'll we'll just rub one out for Game Seven. Yep. Uh, Ian Reed's got the lotion, so he's your guy. <laughs> Dear Lord. So I mean, the Sharks are outshot sixteen to eight in the first, and at that point, you have to be going, yeah, that's that's not how you win games. And they come back a little bit, try to even up the clock. Uh, look, fourteen to nine in the second, fourteen to ten in the third, but. Uh, I, I don't know that I would call that quality. No, that's the thing is it, this. I, I hate to even make this comparison because of how well he's played this year, but the Sharks as a whole tonight looked like Timo Meyer last year where it was like, okay, let's just get the puck on the net so that the score sheet says we have a shot on goal. That, you know, not many... Uh, you know, not many grade A or high danger chances, not many second or third or fourth chances. You know, the first, most of the Sharks scoring chances tonight, if you want to call them scoring chances, were one and dones, and the ones were really not that impressive. So, yeah. you know, you can look at the score, the score sheet, and you can say, wow, shots were pretty close. The, you know, Sharks actually edged out Vegas by one. I would make the argument, if I'm being generous, a third of the Sharks' 36 shots tonight had a legitimate chance at not even going in, but being a solid scoring chance. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's, I mean, it, it was, it's just another bad game. And the, these aren't the games. That, the, this is what I expected to see to start the season. And look where we're at now. I'm just saying. It's funny, a couple of weeks ago, somebody was telling me, you know, don't you think the Sharks are uh, exceeding what was expected of them? And I was like, do you have you looked at the standings? Like, no, they're exactly where I thought they would be. And they continue to be there. So, look, I mean, not Reimer's best night, certainly not the defensive's best night. I mean, that first goal, I kind of look at Reimer and I'm like, oh, boy, that's... Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, that that one's tough, but... Uh, I mean, the defensive coverage on the second one was abhorrent, and the third is a seeing eye shot. 
So yeah, I it, it, too many times, and I you know I was watching this, you know I was watching this um, this game, you know I was watching it with my fiance, who's not the biggest hockey fan, but every so often she'll take in a game with me, and you know I think it was at least three times during the first period she's like, you know, where's your boy getting, you know, like. <laughs> Because somebody was open in front of the net. And even the third period, you saw it as well, too. The the puck would be cleared out from a cluster of guys. And, hey, there's a Golden Knights player standing in the faceoff circle by himself. It's like, where, where is your guy there? And, you know, you look at um, specifically in the first period, you know, there was one. Um, one was a chance. One was a goal. I don't remember which was which. But I know Ferraro and Vlasic both got victimized on a very similar play of just not having their guy. And there was too much of that, you know, and, and shout out to Nick from San Jose Hockey Now. He Every game he brings up, you know, the Sharks are supposed to be really good at defense and it's not showing. <laughs> Fucking A. Uh, even uh, Brody brought up that over the, the the last five games in the first period, the Sharks haven't scored. You know, and they've been down 2-0 after the first period in three of the last five. This is and tell me again about the how defensively awesome this team is. Well, I think here's the problem is you're you're seeing a situation where the guys who are logging the most ice time and it's to be expected. You know, you're you're going to see more positives and negatives when you log more ice time, but it seems like and I'm going to I say the guys logging a lot of ice time, but I mean Burns <laughs> Just like I, he may as well have been a healthy scratch because he, I don't think he was in this game at all. Yeah, it was God, like it was bad. too much of just letting guys, oh, you know, someone will be there. <laughs> uh, but you know, when all five guys have that mindset, like, <laughs> yeah, and it's another game where the Sharks can't find a, a power play goal. You know. Would have been the we say, dude. Every week we say that. Every week would have been the difference in the game. O for three today. We'll get into it. O for four on Monday. Two for three on you know I believe it was Thursday, which is awesome. But like <laughs> a decent power play, you know, it shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't be a bug uh, for this team. You know, <laughs> it oh. should be a feature. Oh, okay. Hold on. Skyler buying his way onto the show. <laughs> buying his way onto the show twice yeah thank you skyler so at this point we should crowdfund rocket saying if the nhl entry draft was held today <laughs> in the sexy radio voice also from skyler saying the silver lining is we would draft 10th overall right now cool yeah uh i have a feeling that position is then... going to get better between now and the end of the season well, and what Skyler is not saying either is, you know, 10th and also 23rd with the first round pick the Sharks get for Hurdle. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. And maybe maybe 32nd if Tampa Bay really wants Barabanov. So it's hard to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. I want to let, let's talk about Chester for a second here. Reminder, we paid EK65 to be injured and Kane to be in Edmonton instead of re-signing Pavelski. There's so much wrong with that statement. Yeah, first off, that's the the Pavelski and EK65 thing, no. Kane, yes. But, but even then, but even then, the what drove Pavelski out of town, I feel like we've been saying this since he left, and you can go on, the beautiful thing of the internet is you'll find what you're looking for. No, third you year, can go baby. on, TSN and NHL Network, Pavelski said, the third year was the difference. Yep. 
And Doug and Wilson could have handed that. He didn't want to make that play. And I still say to this day, with the information you had at the time, I still think it was the right play. Of course, with the information we have now, it looks stupid. But yep. the information we have now was not available three years ago, Des- d- despite what some people may say. That is true. <laughs> um I mean, anything stand up for you when you're looking at the sheet? I mean, you know, you sit there and go, <clears throat> well, Lane Peterson got 747 of ice time tonight, and I know you're sitting there going, yeah, it's about seven minutes too long in my book. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, dude. Uh, I Another game, another jam job. What is Jonathan Dolan doing on the fourth line? Well, Bugner came out and straight said, like, this is a message. I need him to be better. And if you know I have what to... the, Yeah, but you know what the message is? The message you start the game there, you start fine, start him there, whatever. Jonathan Dolan has, has been a top five forward on this team this year. Mm-hmm. Like, for how starved the Sharks are for goals, what do you gain by stifling one of your goal scorers? I mean, what is that? Yeah. No, it's and I like how, how you're putting that. Where it's like you you start him in that first period, and if you see some jump in him, then it's like okay, you've earned me to give you a couple shifts up where you usually are. Jonathan Dolan's fourth on the module. That's not an accident. Yeah. So that's I don't know. I I look at that and I'm just like yeah yeah yeah. Normal. You know what? Normally. Normally, I'm very anti-long show. I feel like today is going to be a long show, and I'm <laughs> and I'm really into it. I'll be totally honest with you. Well, the thing with the thing with this is like I, on one hand, you appreciate him at least. Uh, when I say him, I mean Bugner. I appreciate Bugner at least attempting to hold certain guys accountable. But based he on does that, a bad I'm, job at it. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like, can we? And, and Ian is saying this in the chat, which I kind of agree with, is like you get this fake accountability because my whole thing is like if we're going to, you know, demote people or reduce ice time because they haven't been doing well, um, I'm sorry, Brent Burns needs to about seven minutes shaved off his time on ice. Yeah, Brent Brent Burns was out there for 25 minutes tonight, which I understand you don't have Carlson, so nature says he's going to be out there more, but it's like... I thought Malosh had an awesome game. Not well, not awesome, but he was good. I thought Merkley was decent. I thought Middleton was good. Why not shuffle the deck a little bit more? If you you could, if Burns wants to play all two minutes of the power play in the last five minutes of regulation, that's fine. Whatever. But do a normal rotation through the course of the game, like a lot of Sharks fans, and I'm sure people who work in the scouting and roster creation department of the Sharks, they want to know what they have with Ryan Merkley. And if he's not being given a proper position to make anything happen, then how is anybody supposed to know? He played a third of what Brent Burns did on the power play tonight. And by the according to the stats, Merkley had a better game. Shocker. <laughs> and EK, or, uh, Ian jumping in <laughs> to pile on. EK65 is the worst. He made Vlasic suddenly suck. He made Kane a locker room cancer and Bob Bugner a terrible coach. The fucking nerve of that guy. <laughs> Seriously. If he had only Solid. if he had only taken eight million dollars, he wouldn't be such a mean person. Yeah, I know, right? Well, no, if he had only taken eight million, then the vitriol would be the same as Burns, probably, right? <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? I said it I said it during the first period against the Canucks. I'm not mad that this is a bad team i'm mad that the 
the the state media and the brass pretend like they're a good team. Yeah. That's well again, Doug Wilson sitting there going, We're closer than people think. No, you're not. Like, how the fuck can you sit there and say that? The the results are there. The numbers don't lie. How the hell are you oh, that's what you're trying to sell tickets. Now I get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, stop. I mean, we use this phrase all the time. Stop pissing on our leg and telling us it's raining. You know, that might have played when the Sharks first got, you know, in the 90s, when the bloom was still on the rose, the honeymoon was still fresh. The Although reading Facebook would tell you otherwise, a group of fans in this area have become more educated in the game. So let me ask you, this is kind of related to what we're talking about. I'm curious your opinion. Do you do you prefer that the Sharks, whether it's the state media, whether it's the brass, do you do you prefer that they're just like upfront and honest with where they're at? And and I'll give you an example. So Detroit Red Wings, they had a promotion for the longest time where Jesus Christ, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. They <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings, they had a promotion where if a player scored a hat trick in a game, every fan in attendance would get free curly fries from Arby's. The Detroit Red Wings, their brass, their management group, ownership, game presentation, whoever, had the <laughs> had the self-awareness to realize, hey, we're not really good, and we're probably not going to see a lot of hat tricks here. Let's change the promotion to where you get free curly fries if any three players combine for three goals. So and, I thought you were going to say, you get free curly fries if you show up to the game. Yeah, so it goes from a hat trick to three goals in a game. And I look at that, some people say, curly fries, what does it matter? I look at that as self-awareness of where you're at as a franchise. And myself, personally, I wish the Sharks could dip into some of that. Was there a question in there? My question is, do you agree with me? That what? That that you? That at least Detroit's being self-aware? That do you do you agree with me that the Sharks should implement that level of self-awareness with where they are as a team? <sighs> I think I think as we've seen this season, selling tickets is a bullshit excuse. I think here, here's my take: is that they want to sell tickets, obviously, but he, here's my point is that you can sit there you can be optimistic you can try to paint something with the rose colored glasses i get that but when you and here's here's the perfect example of this curtis brown every time he is on the intermissions and all that there's been several times where brody will call out the elephant in the room and Brown will straight up say, I don't want to talk about that. I want to, you know, it's like power play hasn't scored in three games. They haven't, you know, and it'll say, I don't want to talk about that. How great has their penalty kill been here? And my whole thing is like, you can still say that the penalty kill has been great. And you can also acknowledge reality. If anything, I feel like Curtis Brown is insulting the listening audience. Mm-hmm. by not addressing things that are painfully obvious to a fan that is invested. you know, the, well, it's, just, it's patronizing. 
Exactly. The average fan, the casual fan, maybe, probably, I don't know, not a season ticket holder. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're going to go to three, four, five games a year. They're not going to pay attention. They're going to ask you stupid questions like, hey, is LeBanc still on IR? I don't, you know, they're not going to be informed. <laughs> but on the other hand, you can't sit there and stop laughing at me. You can't sit there and know that the season ticket holder is watching you and you're blowing smoke up their ass. Like, again, it's patronizing. It's insulting. You have to acknowledge reality. I Again, Curtis Brown, very nice person. I just don't like the way he does his job. And I've enjoyed the fact that he hasn't been on the last two broadcasts. <laughs> you know? It seems like we get a little more honesty when Remenda's out there. Maybe Remenda's a little bit better. Like, he's, you know, he's learned. We all know the story about why Remenda wasn't renewed, and now he's back and everything. But Remenda still has a much better grasp of being able to tell you, here are things the Sharks are doing well, but there are things that they're not doing well. We can address both of these. So, dear Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I... I feel like I elicited giggles from the DM crowd, but go ahead. Yeah, you definitely did. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> um, what I thought was interesting like about what you're talking about, you're talking about Remenda, you're talking about Brown is it, this is not going to be related to what you've been saying. I, it, is it weird that they have Remenda like at the arena just by himself most of the game? No, like he's, I know he's, he's next to Randy. Well, he was next to Randy during the second intermission, but like, you know, I believe during first intermission and during the pregame as well, he was just like standing there like by himself. It's like, well, where are your, where are your friends? No, like, he, he was. Yeah, for, he was doing that. That he was basically subbing for Brown, but from the tank. I right. didn't I didn't listen to the radio broadcast, so I don't know if he was doing the radio side while doing these hits. Um, to me, though, it's you know, when I saw Remenda there in that shot at, during pregame, I'm like, oh, thank God we get Remenda tonight with Han. And then it didn't happen. I was like, God damn it. He tickled you. Yeah. Oh, so t I'm, I'm getting real tired of having my ass tickled with a feather on a lot of things, to be honest <laughs> with you. But no, um, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm again, it's like I have to preface this by saying the, these people individually, like you get to know them. They're nice people. They're great people. You can be a good person and still not be very good at your job. Or at least not, you might appeal to some people. Brett Hedekin does not appeal to me. I was I was getting real ticked off tonight where he's, who was it? Was it Merkley? He's got a, a, a like. Dude, he has got the pitchfork and the torches out for Merkley on a nightly basis. And But I don't Burns gets a pass, right? Well, that's what I'm saying is like, it's, and we've seen it so much. It's like, you know, Merkley will do. He'll do something good, and it's crickets. And then, you know, he'll – and it's not even something he'll do on purpose. Like, he'll hit us a, a nick in the ice and fall down, and, you know, he'll be like – and Hedekin will be like, oh, well, you got to – you know, you got to keep aware of your surroundings out there. And it's like – he, like, he fell. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and like you said, you know, no, no accountability – for Burns, no accountability for Vlasic. And normally mm -hmm. we would be, normally I would say, what do you care what a broadcaster says? They're not involved with the team. 
But in this situation, they are. Yeah. It's why we say state media. Well, but, well, and then, of course, uh, Hetty can sit there and go, well, I played against Vlasic and Burns. So. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 yeah, like, you know, it, it's just – I. There was one thing, it was even during the game, where it was like, oh, yeah, you know, nice breakout pass there by Merkley and da-da-da, you know, but I'd love, you know, whatever. And then he, like, had to jab him, even though he was complimenting him. It's like, dude, give it a rest. Like, I don't know if you're pissed off because, you know, he's getting to wear number six with Teal after you didn't get to. I don't know if that's <laughs> the issue, but it's just, it's increasingly frustrating because if you want to go the whole state media route... Shouldn't you yeah. be building up? Shouldn't you be building up the next wave of elite defensemen to play for the team? And yet, it's the complete opposite. Where every chance that he gets, it's like you know, oh, okay, I got a you know, Randy, push your you know, push your cough button. I got an opportunity to jam you know, Merkley here, dude. Uh, yeah, it's and again, Hetty, I'm sure very nice individual, and the couple times I've had to deal with them, very nice person. Again, Absolutely. that Great does guy. that doesn't take away from the fact that. <laughs> Man, he sucks. At least in my, you know, again, this is all subjective. There are other people that think Hetty's the best and that Remendous. How much do we hear from Oiler fans? Oh, Remendous fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where's. It's everybody's, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and everybody has a podcast. Go show, go share it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, it's just, I'm so sick of, of Hetty. Or how many times do you hear Hetty, like Randy will say something and Hetty will literally say the exact same thing, just slightly reworded. Oh yeah. Ugh. All the time. And, and I, and I blame you for this because I never <laughs> noticed this until you said it where, you know, Randy will be like, Randy will say, Oh, you know, that was a nice breakout pass by Merkley there. You know, you had a couple of those in your career, right? Hetty. And Hetty's like, yeah, great, great breakout pass there by Merkley. And it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw just, it. just said that. <laughs> Dude, I like saw half it of with he- my eyes, and then Randy said it. <laughs> half of Hedekin's, uh commentary could literally be, did you see that? So did I. Back to you, Randy. I mean, that's that's literally it. Um, and I will, and I and I've said this before, in you know when they do the triple cast setup, where I actually I like Hetty at the ice level. You know, he's used to seeing – he obviously played in the NHL. He's very familiar with how the game is played from that level. Oh, I, I think, think he'll let you know enough times that he's played in the no, NHL. No, but I think he's an asset in that respect. In that, yes, but yikes. I just so – Again, just, again it's, remember how many times that, that first season he was here? Every time they'd – you know, the Sharks would have a shitty period, and it would be, so, you know, Hedekin – You've obviously played at this level. What do you think the boys are talking about in there right now? And he'd be like, well, when I was playing, it was, and it's like, no, we didn't ask about when you were playing. We asked about what do you think is being discussed? You know what I mean? It took him a while to get over that. The only, the only situation where I think that's okay is if you say, you know, is if you were to say, well, based on everything that I've experienced, I there think it should go. be this. Yeah, but it it always seemed like he was making it about you, him. Yeah, but then when he's, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, tell us about, uh, well, let me think. Let me think of something good. Uh, tell us about Ryan Merkley's giveaway uh, in the first period. Well, you know, when Rod Brindamore handed me the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and, uh... That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> we we got to move on. But I was going to say, we, we're we reaching our yeah, skewer dude, threshold Yeah, here. the skewer threshold's hot. Uh, but I want to hit a couple because we were talking about it. And I, we are going to cover this a little bit more uh, in a hot minute. But Sonic Tonic saying, as a season ticket holder, it's getting increasingly insulting. Even from the 365 salespeople. Like, they won't acknowledge we suck right now, as does attendance. And that's what I'm saying. You, 
just address the elephant in the room. The Sharks were literally giving away tickets today to anybody who would show up at, yeah, I think it was either 12.30 or 1.30 uh, to do a walk around the tank and a Q&A with Ruzanowski. Like, it, was like, it was like what you got to listen to to get a timeshare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we'll give you this weekend in Cabo for free as long as you attend this 90-minute meeting. Like, it was, it was, we're going to give you tickets to this game tonight. All you need to do is hear our season ticket holder reps, like, try to sell you tickets. Yeah. And that's great. But, of course, for me, I'm thinking, you can't sell out a fucking game against Vegas on a weekend? Especially with how much Sharks fans love to you know take the opportunity to actively root against vegas this is what i'm saying no, and not only that how many people bitch about 7 30 starts it's like this started at five o'clock had all the time in the fucking world to get there on a sunday and yeah. and, and how many people have tomorrow off you know is tomorrow a holiday eh, president's day Oh, okay. So it's not a real holiday, yeah. Well, you know what? It's like 20, 25 years ago, whatever. It was a real holiday, and then there was a big push to, I guess, move it to MLK Day. Sure. And there's some That's company. Fair. There's some companies that will give you the option. There's some companies, the really nice companies, will give you both off. Just saying. <laughs> um, but anyway, we we, I, it, we, <laughs> we, we we have to move on. But my point being, the thing with the tickets, and, and we'll get to this in a little bit because I have some thoughts, but... Dear Lord, again, it's just this idea of please stop insulting your fans. I, well, I, I can't take it anymore. And and I'll tell you this, and maybe this is just me, but I'm like if I want something, if I want to purchase something, I'm not – I don't need to be sold on it. Like I know what I want. Right, thank you. And if, and if I do need to be sold on it – like if I, hey, should I get season tickets? I'm not going to talk to a sales rep. I'm going to talk to somebody else who has season tickets and I'm going to say, hey, tell me your experience as a season ticket holder. Yep. And obviously you want to talk to more than just one person. But my point being, I don't need to be sold for the most part. Like I feel like if I was going to get season tickets, I would say, I want to go to this mini games. This is where I want to sit. Tell me how much. Yeah. I don't need a tour. I don't need a clear bag. I don't need any, you know, I don't need a handshake and a pat on the shoulder on the way out. Well, dude. Like, just tell many, me the price. How many season ticket holders out there are trying to find people to share? Oh, yeah. I bet a lot. Yeah. You know, what's a, I've, I've known some friends where it's like, the, you know, it was a group of eight of them. And they would... They, they all went in, and it's like, you get 10 games, you get 10 games, you get 10 games, and then, you know, once a season, you get to pick the 11th one. They rotate it, and, and they do it in, in a draft style. I was going to say, my a, f a friend of mine growing up, his dad and then, like, two other dads, like, at our school had – they all three went in on season ticket hold season tickets together, and they would do, like, a draft yeah, for, exactly. for, for the tickets. And, you know, that's going to become an increasingly – popular option i think oh, going forward big time uh we got uh i'm assuming eric on the Ooh. teal town account <laughs> throwing in some uh post-game comments from bob bugner saying oh, our wow. power play never really got set up you think <laughs> uh our power play was the reason we got a point last game that's a Fair. good that's a good team over there on paper they're one of the best teams in the league okay but what okay. about that is what about that 
is either groundbreaking information or explains. Yeah, that was it was like the game. Yeah, I, dude, that was so like. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh, also from Bugner, you give up a couple goals like that. It's tough. We're missing some key players. That's what happens. I'm so fucking. T- you th- you think Mark Stone isn't a key player for Vegas? Dude, Vegas has not had their full lineup all year. Dude, they didn't have their starting fucking goalie. <laughs> and you're going to sit there and talk about missing key players as a reason? Why- Who? Besides Eric Carlson. Okay, maybe LeBanc? But even then, that doesn't matter because LeBanc was suffering the jam job. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm sorry, Bob, but to hear this fucking, we are missing a, key, a couple of key players. They're missing Robin Leonard. They're missing Mark Stone. Uh, did Zach Whitecloud play today? I don't remember hearing him. Alec Martinez. The, okay, then. See? So, to and- hear that, it just makes me want to puke. Check th- so check this out. I got a number for you. The Golden Knight tonight's game, Sharks Golden Knights. That was Vegas's fifty first five one fifty first game of the season. You know how many players have played in every game for Vegas this year? One. One. Braden McNabb. Holy shit! See, I'm I'm so good at the predictions, dude. Everybody, <laughs> everybody else has been injured or has had the COVID or has been scratched. So I think on some level, you can say, yes, you've not had a full lineup. That's going to affect you. But the good teams find a way to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, remember when everybody had the Rona and they had to go on that stretch where they're calling up half the CUDA and they actually did well during that time? Yeah, because what was the fucking excuse for that? That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, exactly. It's (sighs) all right. Hold on. We got more quotes coming in. Uh, but those guys have been our offensive catalysts all year. Uh, who, who, the, oh, who is my those? bad, my bad, my bad. I, I took it out of order. That's on me. Uh, let's start with, I thought Hurdle and Meyer tried to play a little bit too much. One, one, one. Fair you, point. You get fancy. You try to create and do things you probably wouldn't do if it's a one O game. I actually agree with that. I think they did try and be razzle dazzle a little too much. Yeah. But those guys have been our defensive catalyst, or I'm sorry, offensive catalysts all year. If they have an off game, we have to be able to have someone else step up and fill that void. Well, yeah, it's been fucking pointed out that you don't win games unless one of those two guys scores. Well, and you know what? He, <laughs> he, he He's talking about needing someone else to step up and fill the void. I, that seems a bit hard for Jonathan Dolan to do On the with line. Lane Peterson playing nine minutes a night. <laughs> I'm telling you. Jonathan Dolan is fourth on the Sharks in goals as a rookie. No, 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 no. We keep him humble. Give me a break. <laughs> keep him humble. <laughs> Give me a break. Fuck out of here. As a rookie, fourth on the team in goals. He's got four less than Couture. Jesus. Okay, we we so need to get into the other games. But I yeah, I'm re- tired of talking about this game. Can we move on? Well, <laughs> no, yeah, because but I'm now I'm starting to see. Okay, we're gonna save that that comment from Couture on Hurdle to get into because we will be talking about Hurdle a little bit later. Let's get into the earlier games we saw this week. Of course, versus Edmonton, Evander Kane returns first meeting this season against the Oilers. The Sharks, we all know, came out flat as fuck. weren't ready to do that hockey. It was horrible. Uh, the the uh, Oilers came in three points ahead. Uh, for some reason, another rare game where the Sharks are wearing white at home. I don't know what that's about, but it's another game. Sharks go over on the power play despite having four chances. A uh, couple interesting things in this. I remember Hurdle gets held by McDavid and then gets called for holding McDavid. I mean, okay. <laughs> Oilers get a five on three. 
Uh, Meyer gets a stick up high, no call, then is immediately called for tripping and slashing. Like, interesting night of officiating. And if you ever listen to Pucknologist, we rarely get on the officials unless it's pretty egregious. This is some egregious shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You know, oh, it's another game where Merkley gets scratched. <laughs> and if you remember, two goals came off the first three shots on goal by the Oilers. You couldn't you couldn't blame either of those goals because, uh, or either of the first two. They went off Sharks players. You had a knuckle puck. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, and then the Sharks lost Balsers for the third period after he would uh, block a shot. They missed him in the Vancouver game, obviously. And it's uh, the fourth straight loss for San Jose. First time this season that the Sharks had dropped four straight. Uh, but well, Reimer, and you know what? According Reimer's, to the, well, according to the intermission show, that's the reason why they're going to pull out of this because it's the first time that happened. Oh, Jesus. Reimer, <laughs> Reimer posts a 923, though, which is what you want. I mean, dear Lord. Um, like I said, I, I did predict that would be that was going to be a shutout, lo and behold. And then here's the capper. This, I think, is very funny. The Sharks get four opportunities on the power play, and the Sharks' DJ neglects to play the Jaws theme that they play every time the Sharks are on the power play. He ne- neglects to play it. Not once, but twice. Probably because <laughs> the Sharks' power play isn't very scary. <laughs> And I will tell you the you know the thing that sucked on this one too. I mean, and it's been a key this whole season. Uh, tickets sold eleven one fifty three, so just over eleven thousand. And I'm telling you, I'm watching that game, and it looked like you could have had everybody in the upper bowl go and sit in the lower bowl, and you'd still have some empty seats. It mm-hmm. was bad. Um, but to get back to what we were saying earlier about Curtis, uh, you know, Brody starts off the second intermission talking about only two shots on goal because that was the other problem. They had two shots on goal in the second period. <laughs> And Curtis cannot divert the conversation quickly enough, talking about, oh, well, how great is the PK or whatever? We're not going to call it Pollyanna anymore. It's going to be called Polly Browna. That's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> Van- <laughs> Vancouver, 5-4 overtime loss, uh, despite NBCS saying it was the sixth straight start for Reimer, it was the seventh. Um, Vancouver hadn't played since Saturday, so they actually had came in with a little rest. The Sharks in this one, you look at it and you go, hey, two, three, two for three on the power play. Like, you scored four goals. That's got to be a win, right? <laughs> but the Sharks follow up a putrid game versus Edmonton with a abhorrent first period against Vancouver. The Canucks had more shots on goal in the first period than the Sharks had had in their previous 60 minutes of hockey. That should be a red flag. Uh, but Nieto replaces Dolan on the Couture line and the Sharks score, which, of course, explains why Dolan got sent down earlier tonight. Uh, Couture puts one in off Meyer's stick. Like, if that's – I mean, you talk about luck. Uh, but Meyer did thread a needle to make it 3-2. It's You know, Meyer getting those two power play goals was huge, tying it at 3-3. And then you get Barabanov with nineteen <laughs> fifty. I mean, it was six – Module darling. Dude, what was it? It was like .06 seconds left. Point when it went si- yeah, .6, yeah. Ooh, so, I mean, can't – Module darling. <laughs> we'll get into it, but module darling. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's – in. so you sit there and go, well, okay, it's a nice bounce back for the Sharks. They still lost in overtime, and it's not like this happened against Colorado. This is Vancouver, a team that is, like, literally worse than you coming into this game. And back to attendance. 10,600. So, yikes. And again, we're going to get to attendance later in this. So, look, what did we learn this week? 
Uh, the Sharks aren't making the playoffs, people. To hear yeah. anybody tell you that there's a chance, ask them to put money on it and stop insulting your well, intelligence. The thing I would say to that, 1% is a chance. <laughs> Again, insulting my intelligence. Put money on 1%. Oh, yo, yeah, you'd be stupid to do that. <laughs> okay, then. But that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, it's to the point, and, and I've been, you know, rightfully, I believe, I, you know, optimistic and hopeful this year, but you sort of reach that breaking point where the pendulum swings the other way, and it's just, I mean, really what it was was, you know, how much have we been talking about how critical division games are, right? And that you lay an egg against Edmonton, you start slow against Vancouver, and then obviously today's nonsense uh, against the Las Vegas Knights. It's, you know, the pendulum has swung the other way. Like, there might be some microscopic 2% chance they make the playoffs. Highly improbable, highly, you know, unlikely. And, you know, kind of what, 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 what perked me up to this was, you know, the Sharks are now officially double-digit points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, well... You, you, I'm sorry. You said what? Two percent? Yeah, I'm well, sure. No, no, no. It's just it's funny you say two percent right now because I just pulled up uh, Dom Luschijan's Stanley Cup playoff chances and projected standings updated mm-hmm. earlier this morning. He has them ninety eight percent missing. So your two percent spot on. And that's two percent before they lost today. Exactly. And that's the thing. You can look at that and say, "Hey, they have a chance." Sure. If you want to be dude. literal, if you want to be literal, yes, yeah, they have a chance. There's a ch- dude, there's a chance that I could like, you know, have. Okay, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> there's a, dude, there's a chance that I could have a winning lottery ticket in my hand and get hit by a bus and struck by lightning at the same yeah. time. That's more likely, I would say. Than the Sharks getting in the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Right now, sure. Like just because it's literal, <laughs> just because it's literally imp- or literally possible. Yeah. It's still highly unlikely and highly improbable. Well, I mean, dude, this is a one-line team. And it's so funny because Hurdle straight up told... I would say one and a half. uh, I'd go one. Uh, This is a one-line team. Hurdle straight up saying, we can't be a one-line team if we want to win. I mean, we already said, if Hurdle and Meyer don't score, they don't fucking win. Yep. So let's, you know, let's get into the Hurdle thing for a second. Is, well, and let's get to uh, the comment Logan Couture made on Thomas Hurdle earlier. If I was making the calls, I'd do whatever I could to keep Tommy on the team. Well, duh, he's your number one center. <laughs> I was going to say, this just in, team wants to keep their best player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Wow, that's some breaking fucking news, isn't it? But you know what? At <sighs> least, you know, at, at I will say, to, to give it a positive spin, because we've been pretty negative today. Uh, there's I, not a lot of silver linings no, to be I, found. No, I understand that. I understand that, but I like I like that Couture came out and said that because he could have easily been like, well, you know, uh, Doug's going to make the decisions and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I like that there was that kind of vote of confidence from a from a teammate and from the captain, you know? I'll give you that. So yeah. will the team of accountability hold Doug Wilson accountable for this? Because it's funny to see some of the hyperbole and vitriol and all the back and forth that goes on on social media and it's you've got people fire Wilson you've got people fire Bugner you know do this do that my whole thing is okay why do you want to fire Wilson now there's a group that will sit there and goes well who's the guy who 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 chooses the coaches who's the guy who trades for players is that not Doug Wilson Mm -hmm. sure 
I, I, and I, I'll give you that, but is this not the Doug Wilson that iced a competitive team for 15 years that, for whatever reason, couldn't get over the hump? You know, like, Doug Wilson did a damn fine job. For Who else played more playoff games from 2005 through, like, a couple years ago? I think it was the Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks... The the Sharks are like top five in playoff games played since 2005, and they're the only team in the top five to not win a cup. Yeah, so, you know, the, those things kind of diametrically oppose each other. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for all the people shitting on Doug Wilson, it's like he did have an amazing run of success. Has it gone sideways for him? Yes, obviously. But what it, what what changed? It was, you know... All of a sudden, Doug Wilson, no, no, no deal longer than five years. All of a sudden, you get seven years, you get eight years, you get eight years, you get six. You know, but that's that's the game, though. It is, and I think it was one of those things where he was gambling on. Okay, well, the cap's going to continue to go up, and you know, if I sign Vlasic to this deal, that when that deal was signed, that was a value deal. Like Vlasic was getting the value that was due to him given what he had played to at that point. Agreed? Sure, yeah. No one knew he was going to fall off a cliff. It definitely looks a bit sus, but you're right. Like, it's still, again, we always try and say, you know, with the information you had at the time. Mm -hmm. And with the information you had at the time, like, that was that was the deal to make. Could you imagine, come, imagine coming out of that season the Sharks lose their their number one shutdown defenseman. Mm. Like you're like at the time, you're not anticipating Ferraro taking the step that he did, right? Oh, absolutely. So it, it's all it, there's there's a debate where you know people like to people like to say, well, you know, back in 2017, I thought this, and it's like, well, this wasn't known until two weeks ago. So are you a time traveler? Like, you know, people like to. You know, people like to act like that they knew when, but it's not true. Like you have to, you you have to judge everything with the information you had at the time. Well, the other thing too, go along back into the late two thousands, early teens. Sure, there was a lot of teams that were good then that aren't good now. Can, can we talk about Chicago for a second? Last time I looked, not the greatest team. Haven't been for a couple of Detroit. years. Detroit, yeah, Detroit. L.A. is pulling themselves out of the ashes right now. Yeah, but... Vancouver, they, bad. But but L.A. had that that run of, of not being good, and it's just kind of like everybody needs to realize the bill has come due for all mm -hmm. the times that Doug Wilson made those moves, traded away a first to get a rental here, traded this to get a piece, all those... The, the King's ransom he gave up to get Eric Carlson. Those were all moves... To get over the hump. I don't fault him for taking a chance. Exactly. Like, if anything, uh, maybe you fault the players for not stepping up. I don't know, the coaches for not putting him in the right position. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get that and I think people want to have Doug Wilson. Like, you need to be fucking fired. You need to be held accountable for this. But, but that's the thing. You fire him, same coach, same players. Yeah. Same contracts. Same contracts. And, you know, eh, like the the thing, the other thing I'll give Doug Wilson credit for is he's pretty, he's pretty, he's a pretty shrewd 
uh, negotiator. Oh, dude, the dentist. When it when it comes to um, identifying a problem and getting rid of it, like remember, <laughs> hello, Martin Jones. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Buying out Martin Jones, dude. Remember, everybody couldn't stand Mikhail Bodker, and Doug Who? Wilson's like, and Doug Wilson pulled some wizard wizard Rita to broom him. You know what I mean? Oh, and dude, and so that's the thing. I mean new GM or you keep Doug Wilson, like the sharks are on the same path. Yeah. Like either they're going to go full rebuild and be bad or they're just going to, but they're not, or they're just going to be bad or they're just going to be bad while trying to be good. Either way, they're going to end up bad. I mean, here's the thing. People are saying, (laughs) (laughs) people are saying, people are saying, Oh, the sharks need to commit to the rebuild. This is going to be the third year in a row that they've missed the playoffs. I think you can say that they already committed to it on some level. See, I don't think that they have committed unless they trade hurdle. Yeah, you're probably right. But I also think on the flip side of that, I think if the sharks don't, because and we've talked about this for years, whatever you think the Sharks should do, the contracts they have means that they need to give it to try year in and year out. They need to try. Right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And so if if the Sharks go into this summer, if they do not trade Brent Burns, they oh. have given up. They have given up on trying. You have Eric Carl <laughs> you have Eric Carlson. You have Ryan Merkley. Trade Brent Burns, which by on paper, defense is a position of strength. Trade from your strength to fill a weakness. And that's how you sort of accelerate the timeline to being a good team again. See, and I see here's Lacey. They don't have to publicly commit to it as long as they commit to it. Well, that's the thing. The sharks have missed. The sharks have missed the playoffs. It's it's going to be three years it's, in a row. And you know They've what? Already that's, committed to it. I was going to say, and you know what? Them missing the three years in a row—that's public knowledge. We all know. <laughs> and Anthony has a comment. I want you to address that while I step for, step out for a second. The sharks could get multiple first round picks this draft if they trade Couture. Burns, Hurdle, and maybe Carlson. Go. I think that's true information. I, I we've talked about it all year. You know, Hurdle. If 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 the trade conversation for Hurdle doesn't start with a first, then you hang up the phone. You know, we've talked about that all year. Um, Brent Burns is kind of a different situation. I do think a team would give you value for him. I don't know if they would give you. A first round pick, but I still think you would get value for Burns. And, you know, value is better than no value, right? I think with Couture, uh, people like to dump on Couture, but, you know, that guy has been nothing but, you know, a competitive player and put up good numbers despite dealing with some pretty crappy injuries and situations. People specifically last year, people love to dump all over Couture, not realizing he spent half of last year injured. Like, that's not his problem. And even this year, he's having a good year this year. He's literally, despite, and here's the thing, Couture has been in a brutal slump the last few few weeks, right? Even with this slump, Couture is on pace to meet his career average in points, despite being mirrored in a slump. I think he's doing all right. Eric Curra, if you're trading Brent Burns, I don't think it needs to be some big number, but... You know, I think Brent Burns is at eight million right now. I think if you got him down to six and a quarter, similar to what Arizona did for Vancouver with Oliver Ekman Larson, if you get Burns down to like six and a quarter, 
I think that's okay. You know, I think that's fine. I still think you can get good value. Maybe that maybe that swings the pendulum to get a first for Brent Burns. I don't know. Couture, you absolutely could get value for him because he's been good despite the fact that he's been injured and had to deal with crappy line mates. And Carlson, good player. He's having a good year this year. I The contract, I don't know that anybody would necessarily want to take that on. But again, maybe if the Sharks retain just enough, maybe he does become an attractive piece. So I think... I what Anthony is saying, I I think it's all factually correct, but it's not that easy. I guess is what I'm saying. Like if you if you go to a team and you say, hey, give us this for Brent Burns, like there <laughs> there's a conversation there. It's not that simple, you know. No, dude, just co cover the SAP Center logo with the Spirit Halloween banner. Like, I, I just it, the thing I like the thing I go back to right is given the contracts the Sharks have right now, just whether whatever you think they should do, you know they have to try just based on the contracts they have. You do that. Okay, we're pretty strong at defense. We've got Carlson. We've got Merkley. Hey, maybe we can afford to lose Burns. Let's trade him. Let's get a forward who can put in the lineup. And maybe, AJ, you're muted. Yeah, let's get a. Okay, well, let's put a forward we can get in the lineup. And maybe you get a draft pick or a prospect out of it. You know, it's... it's I, I don't want to say that the Sharks don't need to rebuild, but I think if they do, you know... Specifically with Burns, you know, a little bit of shuffling of the deck chairs a little bit. Maybe that puts them in a better position to try, which, as we've said, they have to try. You know what I mean? They have to try. Absolutely. And but I, I do want to say real quick to Chester Chivo, Reimer, Hill, Benino not getting traded because they all have next year under contract. Cogliano, I'd be surprised if he's still here. Continue. May, I don't know. Maybe. I, the only thing I sit there and I go, maybe Reimer. Maybe. No, Reimer still has one year left. Why would they trade him? Uh, if someone was to come along and give them enough value. Well, sure. That's, yeah, yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Sure. I don't see sure. anybody coming down the pipe to give value to Benino or Cogliano, but Reimer? I don't know, dude. I, people are sleeping on my boy Cogliano. Dude, I, you know, here's a team that I sit there and go, hmm, maybe here's a team that, that could look for some sort of help in net. Hello, Edmonton? Yeah, but Reimer's too short-term. They need to be looking long-term. They should be going out. If I'm Edmonton, I'm looking at, like, Georgiev or no, I, looking at a Corpusalo, something like that. I agree with you, but if, you know, if if the the wind shifts a particular way, I can see it Edmonton going, look, uh, we've added Kane. Things are pointed in the right direction. What's been our Achilles heel, we feel? Goaltending. I mean, what wasn't it Matheson that was trying to get Drysaddle to throw their goaltending under the bus with the yeah, whole he was basically, thing? Yeah, he was basically baiting him to th to throw Koskinen under the bus. Yeah. So I sit there and I go, hmm, Edmonton, interesting destination in that regard. But let's. I go, think. We'll go I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm thinking more about this because you know. I mean, Jesus, the trade deadline is still a month away. But it's a short month. Yeah, but like. You know, Cogliano, Nieto, I know people don't look very fondly on these guys, but I think you can pick up a pick up a fourth, fifth, or a sixth for each of them. Sure, whatever. 
Uh, Why if, not? If right? Someone's going to throw it at you. Absolutely. I mean, we we've seen some of the things that Wilson's pulled out of his ass. Where I mean, you got a first for fucking Barkley Goodrow, <laughs> and, and, and that's what I'm saying, right? And I think I think it's also while we're on that topic of the trade deadline, I know I know everybody wants to trade Bar or keep Barabanov. I'm probably kind of, probably you know carrying that flag, but think let's think about Barabanov for a second. He's a second line winger. He's making a million bucks. If you're Colorado or Vegas or Tampa Bay, how are you not comparing the cap hit to the production and being like, yeah, what do you want for him? Mm-hmm. Like the Sharks gave up Suomela for him and and they could just as easily swing for a second round pick the other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know people are saying we need to embrace the rebuild. Guys, the rebuild was embraced when the Sharks missed the playoffs two years ago. <laughs> and they've not said it publicly, but like they're still losing. They're still drafting high. They're still accumulating picks. What about that is not a rebuild? Well, and not only that, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you're right. But <laughs> I have to say this, and I, I think we might have mentioned this before, that look, I don't know. I can't remember the last time that Sharks fans – that are aware of names like Gushkin, Bordalo, Weisblatt, you know, Godro. People aren't aware LeBanc is still on the team. <laughs> this is true. But I can't remember a time when fans, or at least fans that were aware of that, were this excited about what the pipeline is. Now, is Bordalo going to come in or Weisblatt, any of those players going to come in and be like world beaters or what? Who knows? But the I mean, fact, maybe that's I, the hope, right? Of course, that's the hope. You know, I mean, Pavelski seventh round. Thank oh, you. Boy. You know, where was <laughs> LeBanc taken in the sixth? Yeah. So like, and th- so th- I mean, they have found some pieces. Hopefully, some of these. I don't expect them to all pan out. But hey, if a few of these pan out, it you know, it's obviously going to help the roadmap going forward. But if you're hurdled, do you want to stick around for any of these growing pains? Do any of the other veterans? I mean, we all remember Eric Carlson's like, yeah, I'm not here for a rebuild. Well, Chief, you're three years into your deal, and it's been all rebuild so far. I so you said a lot of things, and I want to attack <laughs> them all. I want to attack them all at once. I apologize. So, Tom, so Thomas Bordalo, you mentioned Bordalo. He's he's a sophomore in Michigan right now. There's a part of me that's wonder if that's wondering if the Sharks might look at that and say, hey, like. Do you want to leave school early? We'll pay you. Like we'll sign you now if oh, you want to leave school early. That's happening. I'm that's happening. if I'm if I'm personally if I'm Bordalo and I see where the team's at, I stay at <laughs> I stay at Michigan. I and I, I get, get my, my MBA. <laughs> I stay at Michigan and I get my education. But if I'm the Sharks, I'm looking at Bordalo. I'm calling his agent. And I'm saying, hey, like, is your client interested in leaving school early? Yeah. And but if he's smart, go from there. Yeah, if he's smart, he's going. Ah, he's actually yeah. looking at pre-law. <laughs> but uh that and I think you also mentioned hurdle you know and I you have it on our notes here you know if no deal is reached by the deadline what's the what's going on if he's not re-signed on March 21st you're trading him I mean we've said we said that weeks ago and I still stand by that today and I will tell you this right now if March 21st goes by and hurdle is not either traded or re-signed that is the moment I will jump on the fire Doug Wilson bandwagon that is the moment where you're white knuckling it. But I would also say kind of how we talked about earlier, Doug Wilson, uh, 
you know, Doug Wilson is, uh, like we said, he's pretty shrewd when it comes to these kinds of things. If the trade deadline passes and Hurdle is still on the team but unsigned, I would feel pretty good about him re-signing because Doug Wilson isn't dumb enough to take that chance, I don't think. Hmm. That's just, just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering that with the way things are going, the, the clear growing pains are coming up. Or, or I should say, just continuing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think... we'll, we're going to see how much longer Couture and Carlson and Burns, some of the the vets, are willing to sit there and, and buy the bullshit and say, "Yeah, I'm I'm bought in on this." Okay. Well, I okay. I think with Hurdle, I think it's you know I see a scenario where the Sharks are bad, but he still wants to stick around. But it, it all depends on what you know, Doug Wilson's action plan is like a big part of this negotiation. They've talked, you know, 32 thoughts has talked about it. We've talked about it. You know, a big part of the contract negotiation is, is Doug Wilson and Joe will and Doug Wilson jr. Whoever going to hurdle and saying, okay, here's our five-year plan. This is our, this is what we're thinking. I know people complain because there's no public roadmap. I'm almost certain there's a private roadmap and they're going to hurdle and saying, this is our five-year plan. What do you think? And I think, you know, even if the Sharks are bad this year and they're bad next year, if Hurdle believes in the five-year plan, maybe he does resign. And <laughs> yeah, because I, he's going to be signing for eight. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the other thing is, you know, the the thing that I've kind of tussled with is, you know, last year specifically, Doug Wilson says, "Oh, we're you know, we believe we can challenge for playoffs. You know, we've made moves to challenge for playoffs, and that's true. Reimer and Hill is an upgrade. Cogliano makes the fourth line better." Benino makes your bottom six better, but to say, yeah, we're a better team and your moves to make you better have been like replacement level players. It's a hard sell, but like if the sharks, you know, if the sharks had swung for somebody like, you know, like somebody like one of these low value wingers who signed like, like Mike Hoffman or somebody like that, who, you know, is good for goals. Then I would say, okay, maybe they're onto something, but well, look. I don't know. Okay. I just think your plan, if you want to resign Hurdle, you just got to say, look, our plan is this. We're committed. We're going to sign this player. We're going to trade this player to do this. They need to have a full action plan. Okay. So what's the plan look like right now? Look a little something like that for the top nine? Assuming everybody signs back up? Yeah. So if you Dude, if I you would keep, do that. A if, thousand percent, I would do that. You would keep Baraban off? You keep, yes, sir. You keep uh, Hurdle? That's a, that's a nice little graphic. Why, thank you, sir. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> but so your your top line is Eklund, Couture, and Dolan. And, and and I would actually say that your second line, your top line would be Hurdle with Meyer and Barabanov. It depends on who you're playing. Yeah. And then a third line of Bonino centering Balsers and LeBanc. I look at this, and my question to you is, is this top nine, you know, like I look and I'm like, is Dolan a top three guy? I would say no. Is Barabanov a top three guy? I would say no. But the, I, the, 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 the deficit at right wing to me is very scary. And I ask you, look at those top six. Is there any other team in the West that, that uh, well, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, Arizona and Seattle, but contending teams, your, your Colorado's, your Vegas or whatever. Is there any team that has a top six that you think is worse than this that are contenders? Among, among, among contenders? Among the contenders in the West. Uh, I mean, I would have to. I would let me take a 
geez, this is, I, I wish I had known this was going to happen. I would have, I would have prepared a lot more homework, but let's do, <laughs> we can do something on the fly. So I was like told Colorado, there would be no math. Right. Like, okay. So I look at Colorado, very good top six. I think their third line could probably use an upgrade, but their top six is really good. Right. So it, it kind of makes up for that on some level. Well, see, I, I don't want to go into the minutia. I just, it's just, it, can you honestly tell fans that this top six is competitive with the Colorados, the Minnesotas, the the Vegas, the Calgarys. The thing is, it if everybody, and and this is not just a Sharks thing. This is for every every team. If everybody plays the way they're supposed to and progresses in the right direction, then sure, everybody can be competitive. I mean, I look at these. You know, a lot of these guys we know. We know what they're gonna do. You know, as individuals, I think a lot of these combinations complement each other really well. I think you need, you know, if you're not going to have an elite superstar, then you need everybody to pull from the same rope where like you look at some teams and it's like, okay, they got a guy. Edmonton is a really good example. You know, you've got two guys with 70 points, right? And then your next highest score, maybe he has 40 points, right? And that's not who the Sharks are. The Sharks are the team where it's like maybe they don't have a 70 or 80 point guy. But if they can get five 50 to 60 guys or even 45 to 60 guys, I still think they can have the same uh, opportunity that a team with two 70-point guys could have. Hmm. No, no, it's going to be interesting to see. Somebody mentioned uh, Shang's latest tweet from Benino. It says, Benino has made the playoffs the last nine years of his career, and every year he's been a full-time NHLer. Quote, you lose these games and you run out of time. It's not a feeling I'm familiar with. I don't think I've missed the playoffs. Well, <laughs> it happens to everybody. The, here's the thing, <laughs> uh, Nick Benino, and I like Nick Benino. I've liked him on the team, but 11 points in 46 games, you're not scoring like a third line center. I'm sorry to tell you. This is true. That's not to say that all the blame falls at his feet, but let's not pretend like he's free of blame either. Yeah. So what? So say they sign Hurdle. What's he going to get? Well, it's definitely going to be eight years. But does he? I give mean, a, that may, he, he gets the most money that way. Yeah. Uh, but does he get a? Does he give uh, Wilson a home down discount? Does he say eh, seven a half, seven and a half? I think if years. I think if I think if the action plan is good enough, I think so because one of the things that Hurdle said at the beginning of the year was, you know, in the right situation, he would prefer a winning opportunity over money. Mm-hmm. I just, and so I, it just makes I think me wonder if, the, if his uh, agent is going to sit there and go, well, let me show you these other opportunities, these other roadmaps that I think are a much uh, far more least path of resistance towards what you ultimately well, want. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. And Ian Reid saying it starts at the Couture deal. I agree. Anything and so eight by eight, eight by anything less than the Couture deal. Hurdle is doing the Sharks a big favor. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Hometown discount. Yeah. And but here's the thing. Everybody talks about like, oh, well, here are all these good teams that Hurdle wants to go to or I'm sorry, that Hurdle might want to go to because they're good teams. You know how many of the good teams out there have cap space to accommodate an eight million dollar player? Uh, New York. <laughs> but is New York good or are they fake good? Oh, I, I guess we'll see this playoffs. Like you look at the look at the good team. Let, let let's take a look at the good teams, okay? And it's worth noting, over half of the league is in long term injured reserve. <laughs> worth worth stating. 
But, you know, Vegas is a good team. We know their cap situation. Tampa Bay is a good team. Same thing. (laughs) Winnipeg, Edmonton, good teams, well over the salary cap. You know, now you have some other teams, Carolina, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. They're barely over the cap, but they're still over the cap. That's what I'm saying is people are going to say, oh, well, Hurdle should want to go to a good team. Can a good team afford him? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, can they give uh, Hurdle $20 million a year for eight years and just LTIR him and just wait for the playoffs every year? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like what, I like what Kevin Lacey said as well about ter- how Hurdle said term is a priority over salary. I yeah. think if you if you go to Hurdle, because here's the thing, Sharks are the only team that can give him the eighth year. Yep. So Same autom- how, how it was with Eric Carlson. Right. So I think if you give him the eight years, and if, if he's believed to be true, which I, I have no reason to doubt him, him being hurdle. If you give him eight mil eight years, what if he comes back to you and says, Okay, you've matched the term that I've wanted. I'm willing to come down on my dollar ask a little bit. Maybe he takes like the you know, a similar to the Kane deal, like a seven million dollar thing, even though he's he's much better than a seven million dollar player, but if he gets what he wants in terms of term, he likes the roadmap, he obviously likes the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe seven it's, and a half. Maybe. That's what I'm saying is obviously who doesn't want money, right? Everybody wants money, but we've talked about it before. I'm personally, am like this. I value a good situation over money. All right. Let, we got to move on. Says uh, you. <laughs> Ferraro reportedly wants to stay in San Jose for the long term. And if you can work out a deal, what do you think that looks like? Now, I think the first thing you have to sit there and say is, it's Doug Wilson. Uh, he loves to bend over the RFAs to see how far they flex. Grind him down. <laughs> yeah. So, or you think it's, do you think that Doug Wilson, Joe Will, whoever, the front brass, do they do the the bend but don't break situation? Do they sit there and go, okay, here, Ferraro, here's your, your awesome kind of bridge deal. If they can sign him to a sweet deal like they pulled with Vlasic, when Vlasic got his first big deal, mm-hmm. can they pull that with him, or do you know do they go two year bridge deal, or do they you know because well hey you know what Ferraro, we love you you know we love you, but there's going to be a couple of contracts coming off in a couple of years so we can take care of you right here but then we're really going to take care of you over here and I think if you look at it it's like well ask Vlasic how well we took care of him it was pretty fucking good, well. So Ian makes the point of Ferraro having no leverage, but at the same time, with an asset like Ferraro, you don't want to poison the well, right? Exactly. So I'm like going, or do you try to sit there and go, hey, we'll, we'll give you five and a half, eight, but we'll give you the term, eight years, and we'll give you a three-team no move. See, if I'm, and I, I know you said, what do you do if you're Doug Wilson, but I want to tell you what I would do if I'm Mario Ferraro. I'm 23 years old. Do I want to sign for eight years? And you, what did you say? Five and a half million. Yeah. So okay, so five and a half million over eight years. You're looking at that's forty-four million dollars over eight years. That's a pretty that's a pretty nice bag, I would say. It's a nice chunk. Or, what if you if you're Mario Ferro? Again, I'm speaking as if I'm Mario Ferro. What I'm doing is I say, hey, give me four years at four million dollars. You're only looking at sixteen million right there. Sixteen is way lower than forty-four. Yeah, but what's but your then, age at the end of that? But here's the thing. At the end of that four-year deal, when I'm 27, that's, I'm ringing the bell yeah, again. Yeah, you're, and that's it, when you go for your eight. From Mario Ferraro's perspective, it makes sense to do something 
It because it makes sense to do something, and I know as a fan of the team and as a fan of not losing good players, this makes everybody quiver a little bit. But if I'm Mar- Mario Ferraro's agent, I want my contract, and I would have to look this up. I want this contract for my client to be however long to get him to his first year of unrestricted free agency. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. If it, and that's the whole thing. If you can get Mario to, even if you could get Mario to agree to like six by eight, like you're overpaying him, but it's because you're going to have him for the duration of his prime. And theoretically, by the end of that contract, it would be a value contract. It, exactly. But I mean, he's only going to be 31 at that point. And, and kid, he, he's up there with the uh, fitness freak that Burns is. You know what I mean? Right. And it, it, it's also worth noting as well, and, and Phipps is pointing this out in the chat, Jeff Merrick reported that Ferraro is, is eyeing a six-year deal. So what, four and a half by six? I wouldn't go any higher than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, neither sure. would I. And and I and and that's a deal. I I'd mean, be shit, fine dental with. bills alone. I mean, you look at and, and you know, there's some comparisons that come to mind. Not not to say that Mario Ferraro is like these players, but think about um, think about Brendan Dillon when when he signed that contract, mm-hmm. right? When when Brendan Dillon signed his big contract with the Sharks, it was a five year deal, just over three million dollars a year. God, I missed when, the five year deals. I know, right? When ju- when Justin Braun signed his big contract with the Sharks, it was a five-year deal, just under four million dollars. I think. Well, twenty-one pucks coming in. He says he'll take care of it. He'll get Mario to agree. Right, and I think ultimate ultimately, I think Mario Ferraro will be better than Brendan Dillon and Justin Braun long term. But and but if you're asking me, okay, what does a Ferraro extension look like? Take Braun's. Big contract he signed with the Sharks. Dylan's big contract he signed with the Sharks. Flasic's first contract after his ELC he signed with the Sharks. Compare those three deals and find something in the middle. Right now. All right, finally, let's uh, – this is something that was brought on early in the show. Don't even remember when early was. Uh, why is attendance so bad at the Shark Tank? And I'm going to let it, you talk if, about that and go get some water. I was going to say, <laughs> and if one of you mofos brings up mandates, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to lose it. You can't sit there and say, oh, well, it's it's mandates. Yeah, I don't want to wear a mask or whatever. Bullshit. The Warriors are selling out. They got the same issues. It ain't mandates. Like, there's a couple people, sure, it's mandates. But I, I don't want to hear that that crap or the the whole thing is I you know I'm not I don't want to get vaccinated. Fine, don't get vaccinated. I don't give a shit. But that's not the reason why the sharks aren't selling out, in my opinion. If that has anything to do with it, it's pretty fucking tiny. There's a, the Warriors. Last time I looked, were at a hundred percent attendance. The 49ers were at ninety five percent attendance. You want to know something? The Warriors right now are pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. The 49ers made it to the final four of football. You know, C- came a, a decent quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, and so I don't want to hear about the fucking COVID shit of the mandates. It, it, let's, let's be honest. What gets people in the building? Winning games. All right. And that's the, and that's the thing is you would see even in years past – 
you would see some pretty thin regular like 2018 2019 comes to mind you'd see some pretty thin regular season crowds and as soon as playoffs started there's not an empty chair yeah there's some people you know yeah every pff, hello fair weather fans everybody's got them but mm-hmm. it's it, it's so it, just for people to get into these huge debates about this i don't fucking get it there there's a laundry list it's poor team performance you know, they're on their way to missing their third straight season. Okay. You know, not everybody's the fucking Chicago Cubs that they can lose for 80 years and pe- the fans are, hey, th- maybe this is our year. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different in the Bay Area, but it's poor team performance. It's prices. You know, yeah, pretty, pretty bold move. I think it was last year or the year before to raise ticket prices. In a losing pandemic season, yeah, <laughs> pretty bold move. Now, now, part of this reason why the attendance is so low, I think you can point to the fact that season <clears throat> ticket holders were given the option to defer to next season, mm-hmm. right? So, there's a certain amount of fan that said, "Hey, you know what? I don't know what this pandemic shit is going to be like. It could get worse. It could get better. I don't want to take that chance. So I'm going to give you a money, the money for my season tickets, but I'm not paying for 21, 22. I'm paying for 22, 23. So that's a part of it that for some reason never gets discussed, the deferments. But that said, the price is kind of tough to stomach. You think about it. It's if you want to park in their lots, it, that. Yep, boom. There's twenty five bucks. You want a beer? That's sixteen bucks. You want another beer? That's another sixteen bucks. You want a, a blue line? You want a third beer? <laughs> yeah, if you're like me. <laughs> uh, so right there, you're already like sixty, seventy dollars into it, and you still haven't eaten yet. And it's you know nachos is fifteen. Oh, you want meat on it? Add another six bucks. You know. So the prices, I think that as much as I love Augie's Deli, and believe you me, it can't get any better. Chef's Kiss. But that sandwich is like $19. You, Yeah, so it's bad. You know, it's, 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 you also had this pandemic that a lot of people lost their jobs. They don't have the disposable income they used to have. So when I hear the mandate bullshit, I don't buy it. I, for me... Poor team performance and the costs that because literally they're giving away tickets and people are still not showing up. If you're telling me that it's mandates is the reason, I don't buy it. The other thing, we've talked about it. Some fans, they don't see the future roadmap of this team. And it's kind of dependent on, you know, the hurdle thing. It's if they resign him, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to kick the can down the road. We still have the same core, but I guess we're going to try to build around these people. Okay, fine. Or they trade hurdle for, you know, a bunch of different pieces. And okay, so now the roadmap is definitive. It's rebuilt. That's where we're at. So at least they would get off the fence. Then you've got, when was the last time you went to a game and you went and were surprised by anything? Never. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, and and, it's, and I joke, I joke around about it, but like, whether you're watching the game on TV or you're going to the game, and I know you'll agree with me, how, how much stuff can you set your watch to? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I was, uh, 
was it uh, Winnipeg? Was it yesterday or today? Winnipeg, did the Jets play today or was it yesterday? I'm thinking. Man, I'm feeling like it was yesterday. They, yeah, it was yesterday. They were playing another Canadian team. Yeah, correct. They played Edmonton yesterday and lost. Okay, that's what it was. But I'm I'm watching the uh, the Winnipeg feed, dude. And smallest barn in the NHL. They've got this is a game in the middle of the season. This isn't fan appreciation night. This isn't the start. Middle of the season, full on ice projection. Doesn't Vegas do full on ice project, projection? Dude, what what don't they do? Dude, they have the smoke machine for warmups. Okay. <laughs> So, well, that's probably not the greatest comparison. That's why I went with Winnipeg. No, but no, but that but that kind of goes with what you're saying is it's an over the top experience that if you're a if you're a infrequent visitor, you might be like, wow, they're really bringing out all the stops here. Yeah. So like, you know, it's yeah. Every, when's the last time you saw Sharky repel or come out on a on an ATV or something? It's like now you just they just open the door. and Oh, there he is with the flag. You know, and it's the same thing over and over and over. So the, you know, the game presentation, despite the changes that they have made, which is, you know, they added the led lights in the uh, rafters, which has made it great. And that they're able to turn that shit off and on. Cause remember the days where they'd have to like, you know, put the mouse on the wheel to like power up the lights <laughs> where it would like, where it like look green on the ice for like the first two minutes until the yep. lights completely oh, warmed yeah. up. Yeah. I remember that. So they fixed that. That's great. We love that. Thank you. Hasso. But adding the L- those little led lights to every i don't know armrest or whatever of all the chairs i'm sure that's going to be great when it's playoffs and the place is packed that'll look kind of cool all it does now when they do those wide shots all it does having all those led lights going is that it looks is all it does is accentuate how empty it is for me that's what i notice can you even say that it will look good during playoffs, though? Because I feel like you can't see any of the lights that people are sitting in front of. You would hope, <laughs> but at least you'll get a little bit of a glow from it or something. You know, ambiance. Yeah, I guess you could you could do that. But it's to me, I look at that and I go, oh man! It, all it does is call your attention to all these empty seats, and then on top of it, the fact that they overuse it. You know, anytime the DJ starts playing the music, hey, somebody fucking turn on the lights, and, and it turns into a goddamn disco. I mm. so there's that. Uh, here's one that I don't know that a lot of people consider. There's no more smoking areas outside the arena. Now, you know, smoking is bad. I understand that. There are still there's a lot of things that are bad for you. People still going to do smoking is one of them, and I don't know how many times. I've gone to a game that I'll go out into the smoking area and it's completely filled. Like you can't fit another fucking person out there. And this is just in the section that's near the parking lot. And that that's the biggest slab that you, you could probably fit 200 people, maybe more, maybe closer to, to 250, 300. And it was not only was it full when the game was packed, but you had people interacting with each other. I don't know how many times I would go out there and I'd see somebody in an opposing jersey and just talk them up and just be like, hey, you know, did you, uh, somebody wearing a Kings jersey, be like, hey, did you know, did you drive up for the game? Are you local and you're just, you know, a supporter? Like, you know, 
just hit him up and, and, and felt like it was an obligation to kind of like go out of my way to be nice to fans that have opposing jerseys because we've heard all the, the rhetoric about, how, oh, some Sharks fans are just total fucking dicks, you know? So it's like trying oh, to do my part to, to fix that, you know? But mm-hmm. no smoking. So there, and I literally know three season ticket holders. They were season ticket holders for over 10 years. One of them, 25 years. As soon as they eliminated the smoking area, he, he, he tapped out. He's like, no, I'm a smoker. This is one of the things that I do. Which, and we talked about this before. Personally, personally, I think that's a lame reason to give up your tickets, but I appreciate this person for at least having like principles, you know? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, then th- the lack of promotions, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, what, what, what happened? To everything there, there was, you know, there was guys' night out and girls' night out, and the, the dude, there's been like what three jerseys, four jerseys this year, and that's been it. No bobbleheads because of the, now. To be fair, from what Jonathan Becker has told us, there's like a garbage scow off the coast of Catalina that just that has a massive you know, truckload. Remember the hurdle bobbleheads? We were all supposed to get a fan appreciation night <laughs> 2020 that never happened. Those mm-hmm. are somewhere sitting in a port off of LA. And I'm sure there's other things there could be. In fact, jerk and I, maybe we need to do this in the off season. We need to go figure out which trailer tractor truck in the port. How is housing all of the white Adidas throw heritage jerseys. Oh my God. And find those. <laughs> <laughs> but Either way, and, and and again, that's that's that's. I'm not blaming the sharks for that. You can sit there and say supply chain demand or all oh, the COVID, blah blah blah. I'm just saying it's one one more aspect that lends itself to why people aren't buying tickets. Another thing, there's no more radio. People can't listen to the game on terrestrial radio. How many times I have gotten into my car. Uh, getting out of work, the Sharks started a game at 4.30, and I'm leaving at 5. I, le- I, you know, I just automatically like left the radio on KFOX, and I've got things on my mind. It's like I had a hell of a day at work. I'm thinking about, okay, what the hell am I going to do for food? You know, what, What's my wife thinking? What am I going to do? And I get in the car, turn over the engine. What happens? Radio kicks on. All of a sudden, you got Dan Rusinowski talking to you about the, what's going on in the Sharks game. Holy shit. I forgot. There's a Sharks game on. I got to pay attention. You don't have that anymore. And it's funny to me to hear Dan Rusinowski do the promotion when they when they do that pre-recorded promo at the beginning of every game where it's like, you know, hey, Sharks fans, catch us out in your area. You know, you live in Stockton? Listen to us here. You live in Fresno? Here. Bakersfield? Here. But if you live in the Bay Area where the team actually is, oh, sorry, no radio. Got to go with an app. And we don't give a shit if your battery is fully charged or if you have unlimited data. This is it if you want to listen to us outside. And then the other thing, of course, being you got rid of your three biggest names. You know, you marketed Jumbo, Patty, and Pavs for years, and they're not here anymore. I don't know that you've done enough to promote Burns. I would say that they have. But at least they did at one point. Yeah, they did at one point. But when was the last time, you know, you saw like any promotion that had Eric Carlson in it? I mean, they, they run that little promo about Hurdle every once in a while. Well, the thing that the thing that I always go back to, and I think a marketing and promotion is a big thing about it. And and I think obviously with it, like how you mentioned everything that's going on, you know, 
COVID is going on. The team is bad. That's going on. Supply chain issues. You know, there's there's a bunch of little things that are all happening at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and 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 I don't want to hear anybody say, well, it's because KNBR and the game don't talk about it. K- they've never talked about it. But here's the thing. You know who does talk about it? Us. Hey, now. Subscribe. AJ, throw up the link. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Um, but remember, dude, I can remember, and, and again, a lot of these things I remember, like, growing up as a young Sharks fan, right? I As a wee little boy. As a wee little boy, yes. You, you see commercials, and it's like the one that always comes to mind. And if you if you remember the Sharks on Fox Sports Net Bay Area, you're going to remember this. The one where, you know, um, you know, you have the guy in the motorcycle and he runs into the garbage truck. And there's the guy who opens the hood of his car and gets splatter on him and gets, you know, the person who gets bit by the lobster. And it's all this stuff. But then it's like, you know, talking about how, oh, yeah, you know, you're a hockey player. You know, hockey fans are tough like hockey players and all that stuff. And then it oh. would like. Bing, bang, boom, some shark slips. It's like, oh, damn, the Sharks are playing the Coyotes on Thursday. I got to hit that on. Maybe I'll get a roundtable pizza and we'll watch the game. Right. Or how many times did you see those those commercials where it's like, you know, Pavelski makes a horrible detective, but he's a good Mm -hmm. hockey player, you know? Or Couture is a horrible delivery man, but he's a good hockey, you know? And it's not that – and I don't think it's a situation – I don't think it's a situation where people people need to be told when the game is on. I just think it's like, you know, and even this goes back a little bit. Like, remember – the sharks were like the undisputed world champion of holiday videos. Yeah. Where did and that, that get? And the oh, last man. couple wow. were horrible. You know, yeah. And so, and the one that comes to mind is the 2013 one where you look at that and you're like, wow, you know, that Pavelski, he, he's actually a pretty solid actor. <laughs> yeah. He's not bad. And you get to see outside personalities of players. You know what I mean? You get to see all these different things and it makes you, in a way, it makes you fall in love with and appreciate a player more. You get a certain player. Oh, man, you know, I but love – Pavelski is so good. He's so good on the ice. And then I was watching the holiday video. That guy was hilarious. Great actor. He was, you know, well, perfect in that scene. Like, holiday all sweater. around awesome. Dude, holiday sweater. And I think one of the, the reasons why holiday sweater did as well as it did to a certain extent is that if you go back and look at that, it, it didn't feature any huge name. You know, Joe yeah. Thornton was not in it. Marlowe wasn't in it. Couture wasn't in it. Pavelski wasn't in it. You know, it was Mueller. It was Hurdle. It was Tierney. It was Nieto, Niemi, uh, Shepard, you know, John Scott. Yeah, Demers, Dylan. The, you know, it was a bunch. It was like, wow. And so I thought it was a great way to promote like a lot of the guys who don't get all the pub. Mm-hmm, for sure. But my favorite one, which I think is the one that happened the year or the year after, was the animated one where they all like are supposed to like go to Tahoe or Reno or that something. One, that was the first. That was for me. That was the first year where they started to suck. Oh, see, I actually like that one. But after that, I thought it was bad. Like where they're giving each other like fake uh, like white elephant gifts or something. I was like, what the hell is this? Mm. But that's it's either way. Like, again, it's one more avenue of promotion that we're not seeing that we used to that I think was another way to kind of promote these guys. So, and I, and I get it. It's like, well, it's COVID, so we can't do a lot of things that we used to do. I still think then, uh, you know what, get get more creative. You know, figure out something else. But anyway, we have to move on. 
because Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Best two-hour show ever. <laughs> so uh, we usually do stock up, stock down. I mean, what can you say? It, w- it was a shitty week. I mean, I guess you can say stock up on Barabanov, who, you know, three points in the Edmonton game. Same for Meyer. Three points, two of them on the power play. Barabanov's was a high value. Uh, yes, sir. Stock down. Uh, everybody else? Stock down for me. I We got into it earlier, but Brett Hedekin <laughs> stock down for me. Uh, jam job Bob Bugner stocked down. I know it was already pretty low, but he found a way to bring it even lower. Mm. Yikes! But uh, like, I think you when you say stock down the whole team, for once, I think that's actually not lazy and is actually pretty appropriate. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember Redeem Shimmick? I'm starting to forget. It doesn't mm-hmm. help your trade value. Uh, <laughs> so look, let's get into the stats real quick. Last five on the uh, last five games on the power play, Sharks are three for fourteen. That's not horrible. It's not great. PK, they're great. Sixteen for seventeen. Uh, this entire week, two for nine on the power play. Again, both of those coming against Vancouver, but they were perfect. Eleven for eleven on this week in games. Power play is now twentieth in the league. The PK is at sixth. It was fourth a week ago. Uh, faceoff percentage, they're at ninth. It's great. Hill's numbers haven't changed. Reimers also really haven't changed. He's giving you the league average goaltending we were all hoping for. Doesn't seem to be working for, you know, too much for the win column. Uh, in what, the blue line, uh, what, in the last five games, I think has produced an assist from Brent Burns. So there you go. Uh, any changes to the module? Probably not. Majoel, uh, so there can't we, be anything different. If anybody's interested in how it all breaks down, we did add a couple modifiers to it. Basically, power play goal, shorthanded goal, game winning goal. Those are essentially bonus point modifiers to the points you get for a goal. But your top three: Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Logan Couture. Uh, Jonathan Dolan was able to, you know, get himself back in the top, in the fourth place, which we talked about two weeks ago. Um, Barabanov with his goal against the Vancouver whoa, Canucks. Whoa, we have breaking news from producer Janice. Well, dang, stuck. SAP Center for three to four more hours until San Jose PD gives us the all clear to those of us parked near something suspicious in the San Jose Sharks parking lot. Are you fucking kidding? Like, you had to work through that, and then on top of it, you can't go home. Wow. wow. Uh, you know what? Hope everybody, hope it's something. St- you know what? It's somebody who brought an oversized bag and weren't allowed in. And so they just <laughs> tossed it somewhere and there you go. But no, go no. What did it? No, this podcast what it is. is. We're actually here to tell you this podcast is pre-recorded. It's AJ <laughs> throwing eggs at, <laughs> at Bob Bugner's car. Um, no, I, you know, uh, Bar- with Barabanov's goal against the Vancouver Canucks, you know, he, Brought himself, you know, he, he put himself tied uh, with Rudolph's Balsers in the race. Nick Babut, here comes Nick Benino with his goal tonight, also tied for that mm. uh, sixth place spot on the module. Nice. Um, that's really it. Not a lot of movement. Yeah. Uh, let's hit up Newell in the chat. Noel! <laughs> <laughs> According to a friend of mine that used to handle video production, the Sharks don't pay or manage the creative teams well. Not going to attract top marketing talent that way. You know what? That's a great point. I've seen mm-hmm. some um, 
some key pieces uh, move on. They they had a photographer for quite some time. In fact, if memory serves, he's the one that caught that overhead shot of, uh, okay, hold on, Game 7 jerk-off coming up here. But that shot Brandon, of, right? Uh, I want to say yes. Yeah. Game 7 of Barkley Goodrow, that overhead shot that went viral, it was so huge, he has moved on to another team. So, and <clears throat> I'm not going to lie, uh, he used to be a great source of uh, amazing photos, and I think he also perhaps contributed to like AP and Getty and all of that. Uh, the quality of the images that you see like on the Mercury articles that I believe are pulled from Getty or whatever, the quality's gone down for Sharks games. It's like the, the pictures are not as crisp, the composition not as good. So, I know words. Yeah, so I'm just saying, well, I, I did photography. Anyway, uh, coming up this week, when we speak again next Sunday, Jesus Christ, look at that. Is that another Pucknologist takeover? I think it might. No way. Is it really? Yeah, sir. We'll be catching you up on four Sharks games. Another- oh, and that one is at 7 o'clock. We're going to be up so late. Oh, dude, get ready. We're going to midnight, bitch. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be and talking. the day after that is my birthday, which means <sighs> i got to wake up grumpy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, shark- well- <laughs> Sharks at Anaheim versus the Islanders versus the Bruins, and we'll see if the Sharks can finally figure out how to beat the Kraken, which is, again, next Sunday and for whatever reason at 7 o'clock, which just pisses off Jerk to no end. So... <laughs> Excuse me for liking to go to bed at a reasonable time. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> Joe Will has told Joe Will. Uh, Joe- <laughs> we got to keep that on the soundboard. Oh, Joe. Oh, my God. That was so good. Uh, so what is he? Interim GM? Sub? Fill-in? Whatever. Um, he, he, yeah, interim – or no, not interim, acting general manager. There you go. Acting but GM. he's also the assistant GM when Doug Wilson is in the chair. So Joe Will said that uh, – I mean, if you're not a, an actual fan, you might have not have heard this noise, but uh, he has said LeBanc may actually be ahead <laughs> of schedule while he's out rehabbing. Uh, targeting mid-March, or for those of you playing the game, right around the trade deadline. Well, and we, when he first got injured, we, when, when his injury timeline came out, we said like, after the Olympic break ends is when he's going to come back. So you know, maybe we're onto something. Not too, not too far off. Uh, so far, we've heard no plan for Nikolai Kanija's return. I think we're pretty much going to say, yeah, based on the trajectory of the Sharks, how they're playing right now. We still don't know exactly what's going on with Kanijov. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, he out. Don't expect to see him. And if he, I'll be honest with you. If he does say he is able to come back this year, I would honestly just stash him on the Barracuda and let him get back to speed slowly. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Uh, finally, no word on Eric Carlson, bizarrely enough. He is ahead of schedule. Carlson is ahead of schedule. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, you're not hearing a whole lot of publicly right. about that. But then again, remember, this is the same Eric Carlson that, if memory serves, got injured after one day it was called day-to-day, two days later it was called week-to-week, three days later he was in the lineup. So it is what it is. <sighs> Around the NHL real quick. Uh, the, the NHL has announced future events for next season, you know, Carolina is going to get a stadium series game. Boston's going to get host the winter classic all-star game is going to be played in Florida. 
I don't understand why the East Coast is getting all the events next season, but it is what it is. Well, the West Coast has had a bunch of stuff the last couple of years. Yes, and we deserve them. <laughs> uh, Dave Tippett, as we all know, out as the Oilers head coach, former Sharks assistant Jay Woodcroft is in, and guess what's happened? Edmonton's playing better, with the exception of tonight's game where they got absolutely smoked by the Minnesota Wild. Uh, we saw the Sharks play Vegas earlier tonight. And of course the question on everybody's mind while watching Jack Eichel is, is Vegas circumventing the cap to get Eichel in? We saw, we saw Tampa Bay use the LTIR and no playoff cap to their advantage last season, activating Nikita Kucherov for the postseason after he missed the entire 56 game schedule and Kucherov helped lead the lighting to a Stanley Cup title and celebrated wearing a shirt that said $18 million over the cap. I'll keep it very simple, keep it very brief for you. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, if you want to make the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup, would you intentionally hold your best player out? Uh, not if you want to make the playoffs. Okay, moving on. Thank you. Speaking of Vegas, they might be without Robin Leonard at goal for a decent amount of time. And what's funny, I mentioned this at the beginning of the season when we first started. I said, what happens since you've decided to jettison your Vesna winning goaltender? What happens if Leonard's, Leonard goes down? Can they outscore their defensive deficiencies? Might they be interested in Reimer, like I said earlier? Remains to be seen. It sounded as if, if you heard Randy, that they're still expecting Leonard out for at least another week or so. Calgary's on fucking fire right now. They have one loss in their last 10 games. And Edmonton, 7-2-1 over their last 10. And they're only a point behind Vegas. And uh, if memory serves, did did they just announce earlier today that Quentin Byfield, the, the LA Kings, have decided to burn the first year of his deal? Yeah, because the LA Kings, they played... Uh, they Ve- played today? Vegas. No, that was yet. They played... No, Quentin Byfield's on LA. No, I'm saying, oh, I thought, yeah, but uh, you were saying Quentin Byfield, and you said who was the, I thought you were saying who was the last team L.A. played, and I thought it was Vegas. No, that's what I was going to say, is when they played Vegas, that was his 10th game. Ah, okay, so they burned the ELC, so if anything, that, to me, that says L.A.'s like, hey, we might have a shot at this. Well, you that's, know, we're, and that's we're like, fucking five points out of first. Well, and that's, and that's, that's like what we talked about earlier in the year when, when, you know, the, the time was coming for Eklund, it was like, you know, if if the Sharks are a good team and Eklund is a factor in that, like you burn the first year and you don't even think twice about it. Well, I'm going to be real interested to see how this turns out. Uh, wouldn't it be some shit if everything goes right for Calgary and Edmonton, maybe even L.A., that Vegas has a sneak in as a wild card? I don't know, man. That's... Uh... It's, to me, if that happens, that's a sleeping giant situation. I, the chances of that happening are more likely than the chances of the Sharks making the playoffs this year. I'll tell you that. You are correct, sir. All right. Uh, hey, would you go back to the one versus eight, two versus seven, and so on format? Because you look at the differences sure. between the East and the West right now, what a change that would be. It would change two matchups in the East. It would change three in the West. And when I initially thought about this question was uh, when we were off – for that Super Bowl week, mm-hmm. and at that point, bizarrely enough, it would have changed none of the matchups in the East, but would have changed every single one in the West. Well, and I think when you look at the uh, when you look at the standings right now, like we we you just talked about it, the Western Conference is pretty up in limbo, right? 
But <clears throat> you look at the Eastern Conference, and again, you just sort sort by conference. Look at the Eastern Conference. The top eight is locked. It's pretty, it's pretty clear who the – even halfway through the season or whatever, 60% of the way through the season, it's it's pretty clear who, who the eight teams from the East are going to be. Yeah. No, it's pretty a, it's, clear. A, it's on lockdown. What's really funny is I'll show you something that, unfortunately, I can't show uh, the audience right now. But if you look at these charts, <laughs> the charts that are available, it's like the Atlantic. It's like here's the greatest four and here's the shitty four. Mm-hmm. You look at the Metro. Here's the good four. Here's the shitty four. Then you go to the Central, and it's like, okay, well, you've got Colorado that is at the top the entire time. Minnesota, one of the hottest teams that I think a lot of people are sleeping on right now. St. Louis had their ups and downs, right? But they're they're back kind of where you expected them. You had that weird peak where Nashville would look like a world beater for about three weeks. And then Dallas is, you know, they're a fucking pogo stick. You never know what, what way that's going. <laughs> But it's like obvious, okay, Chicago and Arizona are the shit storms of that. But then you go to the Pacific. Jesus. And it's ju- it's all, you know, aside from really Vegas, it, it's it's all over the fucking place. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, so <laughs> you just kind of look at that and you go, Jesus fucking Christ. But boy, if, if Vegas somehow, either way. Uh, look, my flames, <laughs> notice how I changed that, uh, got to Foley from the Habs. Uh, what's more likely, a repeat of 96, Colorado versus Florida, or 2004, Tampa versus Calgary? I mean... Right now, if you had to put money on it. <sighs> Is one of those four teams going to win the cup this season? You're going to... You're gonna ha- Yes, yes, yes. And you're going to hate me, but I think we're going to see... Going to? I think we're going to see the first 2022 where it's Tampa and Colorado. Oh, hey now. <laughs> uh, how's things going for our dark horses? For me, okay. <laughs> Canucks for you, are brutal. <laughs> you, not so good. Uh, Jerks Canucks, 23, 22, and 6 for 52 points. They are 6th in the Pacific. Better than the Sharks. Yeah. Christ. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the My Kings... Dude, five points out of the first spot. They, they're what? Uh, well, it's because Edmonton has a game in hand, but they're right up in there. 59 points, fourth in the division, but five points from the top. And who knows? If Quentin By- By- Byfield excuse me, uh, puts some shit together, who knows? Uh, the Ian Harebet, uh, I think his quaff is safe. Yep. Uh, Martin Jones is three starts away from completing the 20 start threshold but he's at an 898 you'll all remember he needs to have a 915 or better in order <laughs> for our boy ian to lose his you know lose his I'll, due and uh, I'll t- barring I'll tell jones you pitching like three straight shutouts between now and the end of the season i think he's okay well and here's the thing ian is really ian is really lucky that philadelphia this season is has lost horrible. they dude they've lost 10 games in a row twice <laughs> It's like historically bad. Yeah, and, and what's funny is there was a lot of hope for this team going I, in. I I didn't see it. Oh, oh right. I, I didn't see it either. But I saw that it was not so much not unlike the Sharks. So there's so there was hope, but people among us, you know, kind of went get the fuck out of here. You know, I don't I don't know that any. I mean, where's Giroux so, playing uh, on March 22nd? Well, so we <laughs> mentioned a couple weeks ago that Calgary was a sleeper pick, but now. I'm thinking, and this is, I, I, I don't want to. I keep hearing Minnesota. 
Minnesota, St. Louis, and Colorado, based on everything, like if I like podcasts I've listened to, articles I've read, people I've talked to, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis is like the top three. Man, and does Colorado even need it? They're a fucking wagon. Well, but kind of like what I said earlier, their top six is really good. Their bottom six is it's mm. decent, but Giroux would be like a a shot of adrenaline to that bottom six, you know? <laughs> That's true. I think, and you know, I but don't when the top just, six is that fucking good, woof. That's the thing. But you want like, you want your bottom six to contribute, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know what? I'm just going to say, are there? Uh, I don't know. Is Eric still with us? Uh, but if he is, if he notices any more information about what's going on at SAP, I would appreciate it. Um, there you go. Uh, so finally, oh, go ahead. I will say, uh, I hear so you. On on the you know by virtue of being on an expiring contract, um, are you, you know, signing with somebody else? No, 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 oh, no, no. Um, I I something them. I just I just saw. You know, um, I guess Justin Braun was asked about um you know the trade deadline and everything he's on the bad philadelphia flyers as well and he's i don't know based on what he said it kind of braun justin braun kind of seems like he's almost expecting to be somewhere else after the deadline (laughs) whatever gonna happen gonna happen i just thought that i don't really have anything to say about that but i just thought that was interesting that it's like you know it's a stark contrast from Giroux, right? Because, you know, at the media day for the All-Star game, yes, I was there. <laughs> um, you know, he was asked a couple times, you know, what are you thinking about the trade deadline? Are you thinking about the team? Are you this? Are you that? And he was like, you know, I'm a flyer. I want to focus on being a flyer. I want to focus on winning games and getting the team back on track. And the thing that popped into my head was, dude, your team's lost 10 games in a row twice. What are you getting back <laughs> on track? <laughs> like, you uh, know? Whereas whereas Justin Braun is like, yeah, I'm probably going to get moved, you know. Oh, man. So uh, here's a couple interesting things. Evidently, 20 minutes ago, there was a 3.6 earthquake uh, outside of Hollis. 3.6. Yeah, which I don't even know. Well, like, why is that even reportable? You know what I mean? Like, we don't don't wake up for anything under five. But. Right. uh, Shalena. What is this? Uh, Our buddy Shalena, who will join us following the Anaheim Ducks game this Tuesday versus the Sharks. She will join us uh, on After Dark following the game. So Shalena tweeting out, okay, so I lied. It's not it for me because there's apparently police outside and we can't leave the arena. If any of you breaking news peeps know what's up, let a lady know. I would appreciate it. And and then Janice said, I'm sitting next to Shalena. She knows that much. Uh, And here's the thing that's got to suck. Uh, I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but if memory serves, I think Shalena is a train person and she's in the, you know, like San Francisco County ish area. If, if the police hold her there for too long, she's not going to make that last train. That's going to be one expensive fucking Uber is what I'm saying. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Like there's a part of me that almost wants to like send her a message and be like, hun, <laughs> I am like a $12 Uber away from the fucking tank and I have a guest room. Just come and crash. Like, holy crap. I wouldn't even want to have to deal with that. Um, speaking about shit you don't want to deal with, let's talk about the Arizona Coyotes for a minute, shall we? 
Those fucking guys. So with our tweet of the week, you know, look, Arizona got absolutely trolled. All right. They, they put out this tweet that says, hey, it's coming together. We're in Tempe this afternoon checking out the Sun Devils new multi-purpose arena where we'll play next season. If that isn't begging to get raked over the coals, I don't know what it is. So, of course, especially because nobody has had anything positive to say about it thus far. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to act all like, oh, this is so great. The, the Barracuda just come barging in like, yeah, I think our new one might be bigger which I believe the new Barracuda Arena is bigger than this <laughs> that will be opening next October. Yeah, but will the Barracuda be able to fill it? <laughs> that's that's true. Well, dude, will Arizona be able to fill this? Could I mean, how I embarrassing so. would that be, though? If dude, the Arizona gonna... Coyotes, you've got a place that seats 5,000, but, oh, you had to take out a few hundred seats so you could build NHL-level facilities, and now you're at, like, 4,200. What if they don't sell out? Well, and they're going to, you know, from what I understand, there's going to be a lot of discounts and perks offered to Arizona State students. Thank you. Uh, John, John, uh, I don't know what's going on with Super Chat, but if you want to uh, drop us a dime, uh, we're always available on Venmo at Teal Town USA. Shout, shout, I know, he, John, shout out to John, John, because I saw yeah. in the chat earlier, he said that this season would be a lot worse if not for me and you. And I thought that was really nice. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make Eric feel good, but it fits in. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so, finally, let's just knock it out. After the Barracuda trolls him. I don't know who this guy is, but I lo God love you. He's, oh, Jesus. Dude, like Arizona's next arena deal in 24-25. It's got a it basketball hoop. Yeah, dude, like literally, that looks like, I don't even know what this is. Is this somebody's basement? Because that's what it looks like. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Because I've seen this photo on the internet before. Yeah. But God, you know, Lance, Lance likes math. Oh, thank God. Oh, I'm sorry. At Lance Kelher. There you go. Chief, you have won our tweet of the week. That was fantastic. Let me let you know. So, at a whopping two-hour show, for some reason, that's what we do here. Uh, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video if you are not able to join us live and in the chat. Famous last words from you, jerk man. Famous last words. I know everybody is really upset about the Sharks and how they can't seem to win a game. <laughs> can I get a huh, yeah? <laughs> Can I get a win? <laughs> um, but I, I um, you'll all, you all will be pleased to know uh, that the Sharks are in Vegas on May the 1st, and they're in Los Angeles on May the 10th. Uh, I will be at both of those games. Looking Therefore, for the jerk bump. You, The Sharks will be getting the jerk bump. I'm predicting May 1 against Vegas, May, Jesus, March 1 against Vegas. <laughs> March 10 against LA. <laughs> the idea of the Sharks playing in May this year. <laughs> the Sharks will be winning both of those games because of the jerk bump. I am calling it. Write it down on your little piece of paper, AJ. That's all I have to say. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, Puck Guy adding to what's going on at SAP Center. From what I've put together, the north entrance, for those of you who are not aware, that is the one that opens up into the adjacent parking that the Sharks control. North entrance was closed around the second intermission. Some aren't allowed to leave. Oops. And there it went. <laughs> Police have cordoned off the area 
Janice saying, expecting to be there another three to four hours. Guests in lot B cannot leave. Fuck. And that shit happened at second intermission. I'm just telling you right now, lot B is normally where I park. Dude, I would be on full tilt. This whole show would have had to have been me from the parking lot. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? Me in my car sitting out there and just being pissed as hell. Oh, oh that would have sucked. So. I want to see. So I have, I have an app on my phone that, you know, can read. Like, you know, it's like an aggregate of like police scanner activity. Yeah, dude. No, I, and, I, have a, uh, I have a couple police scanner apps. They're fun. Yeah, I might have I'm to log into that. I'm trying to see. It, I, you know, All right, talk it about it on Discord, pal. Yeah, yeah, that'll be Discord. There you bar. go. Hey, remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe to our content. Leave us a review. We'd certainly appreciate it. And you can find links to our social media, podcast apps, and more in the description below. You can find everything on tealtownusa.com and remember to check out After Dark, post-game show, following every single Sharks game. We will be seeing the next After Dark following Anaheim and San Jose with our girl if she makes it out of the parking lot alive. And of course she will. That was a joke for all the people that are going to like start flaming me on some sort of social media. It was a gag. Uh, we, of course, wish them the best and hope everybody is safe there. But our buddy, Shalana Goldman, will join us from NHL.com following Anaheim and San Jose. That is our show. We thank you very much for watching and or listening, and we will see you next week. It'll be episode 153 for us, but another Pucknologist's takeover. And if you don't know who we are, I'm AJ. <laughs> I am AJ, and he is the Hockey Jerk. Beautiful. Thank you for watching and staying with us every night. We're on. We love you. Good night, everybody. See you in the Discord.